Welcome to the Lost Info Podcast. So as always, this is keeping you awake, Jake. While this isn't a very comfortable topic to discuss, I believe it is far worse to ignore. As we the people, we have an obligation to pay attention to what is happening in this reality. Most of the time from the 9 to 5 and daily hustle leaves us strained and vulnerable and far too busy to see the changes and manipulation in our existence. This group of esoteric controllers tend to leave us evidence hidden in plain sight. In this world that is very confusing and hard to decode, has apparently set in motion the way our society runs that benefits only them. But today, we have an extraordinary guest with us. Today, he is our reality's guide of the pathways, a mystical ritual warrior, a fellow seeker of knowledge, and a finder of info, Michael Wan. How you doing? Uh, that was a hell of an intro. I'm doing, uh, you know, how, how's every, anyone doing, right? You know, it's things exactly. are kind of nutty. But um, what I'm happy about is the fact that you and I can, can connect right now. Um, one of the things which is happening, which is going to be part of like the collective and the internal strain which is being placed upon us, is this real like... Uh, of distrust of other human beings and uh, lack of connection. And so that's the nature of what is happening right now. And so when that's, that's inhumane, that's not how humans work. We, we are social beings. And so there's a part of us that, er, that are going to feel that more than others. But the point I'm trying to make is right now is one of the opportunities in this particular time that we're able to connect with other human beings. And so I'm grateful to be able to do that with you and to anyone who's listening. You know, it's very, very important that, that in any way which we can still have human to human contact, that we do that because it's what keeps, it will help keep us grounded in our collective humanity. And that's just the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more on that part because, and we kind of discussed prior to the show, but it's, uh, it, it's going to come down to everybody making their choice to either be together on this and, and the change that we're going to go through. And I think a lot of people felt it coming before they actually could really witness some of the major changes, but we're either going to have to go through it together or let them divide us. I mean, there's only two options to really roll with it together or let them or let them win. And uh, I believe it was Bob Marley that had said, you know, you can't take a day off because uh, evil doesn't, you know, <laughs> I, I think he got shot actually before he went on stage. And uh, the next two days, two days later, he went on stage to somebody asked him why, why he came to play the show to spread the message about love after being shot. And he had said, well, you can't take a day off because evil doesn't. <sighs> One of uh, we'll go a little bit off topic, but you know it's fun now. It is. It is. What like so? Bob Marley. Bob Marley has such a special place in our collective, um, in our collective being, and um, so I mean that's true with anyone. Anyone who is like quote unquote famous has it has an influence on the collective, and that's very very significant. And that, however, they get there, and so you can understand the the quality in which they have pushed up against the collective by kind of like just looking at who and what they were and what their art was or what have you. Yeah. And so Bob Marley's got a real special place. Like everyone's got a special yeah. feeling for Bob Marley, no matter what. He, and he definitely made his message, his personal message known to the world. And I, I mean, you got to respect that because in, in a time that 
or well, really any time in our history, you see all the people that spread love and good messages doesn't really end up good for them. They, they do it at all costs. So, so yes, yes. What I want to say and what, what the whole thing was about was so like Marley lived for a little bit in the United States. There are a couple of years he lived in the United States before he became famous. Like he grew up in Jamaica and then he came like, I want to say like in his late teens or early twenties. I think he spent like a year living in Wilmington, Delaware. Okay. Wilmington, Delaware. If you know anything about like, you know, collective like uh, elite families and if you can go a, a step further and like what they're known for wilmington delaware is the home of the dupont family and the Ooh. dupont family is known like you go and you look at like the 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 13 bloodlines of of the illuminati you know the the duponts are on that level and the duponts within these 13 bloodlines they're known as the like occultists so this is like an occultist yeah. sort of uh Bloodline, and out of that, this is the occultist of the occultist. And they're like, you know, just go and look at like what, the, how they made their money. You know, it's 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 all about death and destruction. We actually so when will you have a topic on that. Uh, we do. We're doing um, a corrupt families series, and th there'll be one of them. So they're, they're an interesting one. So when you think about Bob Marley, and you think about what this what this individual brought on in one on a on like a. Um, uh, uh, energetic, uh, uh, psychological, however you want to call it, like, the non-physical, like, influence on the collective. And when he makes a quote like what he made, having spent one year, you know, living in that space, like, I think that hints at, um, what, what the introduction was kind of what we were talking about, which is this ritualistic and this underbelly of reality, which, we don't really understand, we don't really see, but if you have eyes to see, it becomes very, very evident. And, and I mean, the, 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 the truth of the matter is we are all treated like mushrooms. And this has been like always the case. And so this is how you treat mushrooms. You keep them in the dark and you feed them shit. And so that is what, that's literally what, what, what humanity has been, has been given for, for many, many generations, like probably forever. But like really since the 1945 is when it really began. And so we're like, what? We're like, we're three, four generations deep into this sort of stuff. And so you have to, you have to be realistic with yourselves. You're like, well, everything I know, they're, they're keeping us in the dark. They're not telling us the real stuff. And the stuff they are telling us, you know what? It's fucking shit, but it's still yeah. growing. It's still growing mushrooms. And the mush, a mushroom is the most magical sub natural substance on the earth. The connection of the root structure of mushrooms in the forest is like the only thing more complex than the human brain. So like this analogy works on many, many levels. It is a very good analogy. I will add. I like it. And that's what we're going through. And so part of, so in order to really understand, in my perspective, to really understand what's going on is you have to understand what we know about life. And this is true for everyone. This is how life works. You've got an inner world. I've got an inner world. You've got an inner world. We've all got inner worlds. And then there's an outer world. And the outer world is much more shared than the inner world. And the two connect. And there's a strange type of influence between your inner world and your outer world. And sometimes they have influence on one another more strong. And one sometimes it goes this way and sometimes it goes that way. And that's part of this thing which we call a mystery. 
because we don't quite get it. We kind of get it if we start to watch it. And so what's happening right now is, is we're seeing something very, very majorly happening, happen on our shared outer world that is undoubtedly occurring. And so you can almost imagine, like, you know, imagine you and a buddy are in line to go on a roller coaster and your buddy loves friggin' roller coasters. There's so much fun for me. It's like, there's nothing more exciting for me than being on a roller coaster. And then you're like, you know what? I friggin' hate roller coasters. Like that feeling of the stomach rising in my chest. Like I hate that. And that anxiety of like waiting in line. And then, then, and then like, when you're going up that first hill, tick, tick, tick. But you know what? It's the same friggin' experience. You're both going on a roller coaster, but it is completely different on the inside. And yeah. so there's a truth to that. And then there is a, that is what we're seeing happening. And that's why, like, what we, when you begin to have more and more insight into that concept, both personally, so that's your inner world, and then collectively, that's going to be the outer world, but then also an appreciation that other people got inner worlds too, and it ain't like yours. Like, then you can begin to maybe navigate more. And so what, what, what we also need to recognize is that the inner world and the outer world, they're, they're kind of similar. They're different, but they're similar. They work on similar principles. So as we can go and learn more about the inner world, which is easier because we can look within ourselves a whole lot easier than we can look outside of ourselves. You can get on a mountaintop and look at the landscape, but you can't really get a view of what the solar system looks like, you know, because you're inside right. it. And so there's, there's, this is where the whole idea as above, so below comes from. And so as we understand more about what our inner world is, how we work on the inner world, we get a glimpse of the outer world. And so this, what, what we can do is apply lessons, which we understand on the inner world to the outer world. And so that's all a setup to explain what the ritual is. Like, you know, how, is this like part of like being in a computer simulation? I don't know. Like, are we like children of, of a benevolent father figure God who created us? I don't know. You know, are we the mother God? I don't know. All I know is this is how it seems to work. And so I focus on the mechanisms of how it works on the greatest level and, and kind of go from, from like the biggest things, which I can really settle on as being true. And so I know that being a human being, being like in this human experience, that there is a ton of stuff which I am unaware of, which is occurring and which is influencing me. I know this both through my own inner observation of like, let's say playing poker and trying to bluff and like, holy shit, I can't stop. You know, whenever I do that, I, I, I scratch my neck. Like, I know I do it, but I can't stop <laughs> scratching my friggin' neck. There's always Your a reason stronger yeah. than my cot. But you can go and get control over it. And I also know that hypnosis works. And I also know that group hypnosis works. And I know all this sort of stuff. And so we're designed this way. However, whoever designed us, that is part of how we experience life. And we're all connected to this, these greater like storylines. And they also work in the same sort of like invisible way, an invisible way. We can't really see what's causing this stuff within us, 
But when we begin to recognize the clues that come about it, you know, when I'm triggered, when I do things that I don't realize I'm consciously doing, what you're quite literally doing is you're moving up from your lower part of your brain to your higher part of your brain. You're where you are, you are understanding your reality less unconsciously and you're having more consciousness. And at that point, you can begin to hold influence. But until you do that, until you do that, you can't. So the same has to be true with this greater thing, which we're part of, which we kind of understand and we kind of don't. And we're always working with it. And some of us work with it better than others. Some of us know how to interact with it with greater ease than others. I mean, that's just kind of like part of being the human experience. But there is a way of influencing the greater path in a way which we're blind to in the same way that that a lot of our unconscious were blind to. You don't remember the events when you're two years old that you are still carrying some type of psychological, emotional, like, you know, quote unquote trauma. Like that's just how we were wired. The entire personality is structured prior to age seven. I'll go and say like it's all structured when you take your first breath because that's what astrology looks at before you have the actual experiences. But nonetheless, like we've got a blind spot and we can learn about our blind spot, which improves our inner world, which improves our outer world just by by taking a step back and like observing. And the same is true about the world we're living in. And one of the ways which we see it, and that's what this ritual is, and that's what ritual magic is, and this is why it's done, whether you're aware of it or not, you are working at the level of reality with a degree of, of effectiveness, which is able to go and influence on the, on the, on the, uh, in the background. But just like you can learn more about yourself by stepping back and watching and looking for like, you know, the, these connections of your behavior and of like your history and like the, you know, wow, I keep on repeating the same thing over and over again. You know, when I'm doing it, I don't think I'm doing it. I, it always seems new to me, but it's the same shit. Well, that's kind of like the nature until you catch on. And that's kind of what's going on right now. And so at what I do is I'm very good at pointing out these connections, which were laid down. And for the purpose of recognize, recognizing that there is more going on to this story than we check your ego, as you put it, and be like, I don't know, and hold an uncertainty and look, you're going to have a much better chance of navigating life. Whether you live in during a crisis time or maybe, or you don't, you know, as the, as the saying goes, may you live in interesting times. You know, regardless yeah. if this is a Hollywood invention or not, you know, uh, both in terms of the phrase and like what we're witnessing, like that has a double meaning. And like right now we have this double meaning. How we understand what's going on is we also look at this from a higher perspective and we begin to see the clues and we begin to see how it connects to ourselves. We begin to recognize there's never been a moment of our lives that we have not been influenced and has this not been happening. And then it is like, okay, well, now I'm here. What do I got in my backyard? And what's the next right step? <laughs> right, right. So, I, 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 oh, go on. Well, I was just going to say the awareness is is the most important thing that I think, again, you know, like in the opening, it's just, you know, the nine to five you get 
and your work. You just, you got to take care of your kids. You got to come home. You got to go this, you got to take them to a practice. So when is, and I think it's a constructed plan, obviously from my point of view, that that's exactly what they want is you to be too busy to take a step back from a higher perspective and look at the whole picture of what's really happening and what has been happening for, I don't, hundreds of years, maybe thousands. This is undoubtedly a controlled demolition. Like everything, all of the structures or many of the structures. So, so think about 9-11. Think about the events of 9-11 and the collapse of, of the world center or world trade center tower one, two and seven. They fell upon themselves in the midst of like this very, very like populated, uh, location with all these high rises those were primarily the only things that came down there are a couple other like uh buildings which which were were destroyed but primarily you know that was taken down rather successfully now compare that to what happened to london during the blitzkrieg of world war ii and it was like that was a that was a takedown and that happened with like this a whole lot less precision. And now what we're seeing is probably even more, a more precise sort of takedown. And we're seeing certain things being taken down within our society, but certain things are being left, um, are being left up. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen, but that's what this controlled demolition looks like. Um, to me, one of the first markers, I mean, you could go and look at this. And, and you can, you can see the organizations and like how this may have been done, um, or how the connections happen within individuals. Um, some people, maybe they were very conscious of doing this and maybe some people weren't. My personal opinion is that there, there were both. Um, there's a phrase which is known as a useful idiot, which means someone who is doing something within, within, which is part of a larger plan, which they have no idea that they're participating in it. So like their hearts are true. They are truly in line with what they're thinking and they're feeling. That's what true means. And so like, yeah, there are a bunch of people who were not in on any conspiracy, but they were doing exactly what needed to move something forward. And there are probably some people that were very, very, um, that were very aware of what was going on and they were playing both sides of the fence. And, you know, this might be, this is a more difficult thing to really rationally grab your, grapple your mind around, but there's probably some other type of non-physical influence, which is, which is driving part of this. And what that is and whom that is, is like, you know, that's up to each person to one, decide if that is a, that, that's a possibility in occurring. And then two, to kind of navigate. Um, the reason why I'm ducking that is because this is a topic because it is such an internally understood one that it is very, very easy for someone to follow another person's like, Oh, this is what's going on. You know, you can't see it, you can't prove it, and so you just blindly, you just blindly, uh, um, uh, listen to like the expert. And so this is something like you need to find by listening to a whole bunch of other people's perspectives and, and your own experience, because there's no way you're ever going to get a 100% fully established, like this is the truth. You're going to have to cross that line or even recognize, like, I'm not willing to cross that line yet. I'm just holding an uncertainty. 
me personally, I've crossed the line and I think like, yeah, there's, there's definitely much more going on. And I believe that that's part of the whole mechanism of having an unconscious is we're constantly being influenced by, by, um, information, which is outside of our conscious mind. And that's part of what it means to be human, like it or not, until you learn how to not be influenced by that anymore. Uh, that's my personal perspective. Um, and this is just like one of many, many changes which a ruling class has always done on a subordinate class um, throughout however long this has been going on. You know, this is this is par for the course. What might be argued is, is this for your benefit yeah. <laughs> or is it not? And uh, so it's. <laughs> And, and I don't want to go there because both both of those, but I they're very valid arguments for both of those. I would just I would say on that you you have way from what you do know, and again that's kind of why it's called the lost info. But on the information that you do have, and you know that there's a lot hidden. Where where have we ever really benefited in the in the comparison to what we haven't benefited or? the elites have and so to me it, it seems pretty clear but again it's an argument to be had by yourself and and you kind of have to determine whether to cross that line and say hey there's definitely something more at power or it's all in our best interest but i i think that it's pretty prevalent that it's never really has been uh well i mean this is where this is what the question is like have have are you holding an assumption that being human was meant to be enjoyable you know i'm i'm asking huh. at that level if you hold like or like part of the human experience is learning how to find the joy in something that feels disharmonious you know like yeah. like that's the type of of the level of the type of question which this degree this magnitudinal degree of change within day-to-day -day life is going to force and each person is going to meet that wherever they are and the more different ways you can meet it you know the better it is uh in my opinion because you see things from more perspectives um you know uh uh part of the system we used to live in is it was so self-reflective that we um it was made the reason why it was we were blind and it is blind to the fact that we were living in a system and why it's able to hide in plain sight is because it becomes self-reflective like the the answers to your big questions are then just reflected back from the limitations of the system it's like you know well how do i know if i'm doing the right thing it's like well because the system rewards you you know you you have a solid career you've got like a great 401k you've got like you know whatever it is that the that the system is telling you i exercise three times a week for 20 minutes you know i yes. eat healthy like all of that is self-reflective system bullshit because when you change the system like the 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 what matters changes and so the only thing that doesn't change is the fact that you're looking for a reflection you know it, yep. and so that's part of what we're, we when we see a full complete um destruction and that happens, and this is a truth, and this is a higher truth, and this is why I say this, and I can speak with my own integrity. And integrity just means that what I'm thinking and what I'm saying and what I'm doing are in alignment. 
There are lots of people that are filled with integrity that believe a bunch of fucking bullshit and yeah. but they're filled with integrity. And there are a bunch of people that have no integrity, but they say the, they say like the shit you want to hear, like their actions don't line up. Like, I mean, we're just talking about different things. And what I'm saying is wh- integrity. And it's the same thing which you said before. It's like when my experiences have lined up with with me questioning reality and then i'm like i feel certain like to the best of my information that this is the truth yeah the human being only has an opportunity to truly grow like as an emotional human being just like taking outside of like outstanding life's of cultural changes just like being human like at some point your life has to fall apart and that's the hardest thing. You you will only know this because your life has fallen apart. And you are going to become face-to-face with everything that you valued before, which holds no true value. You're going to see that, and you're going to begin to see the things that truly value. And that is the human experience. That is what every piece of like true art, in my opinion, is reflecting some portion of. And that's why like stuff like that is universal. And part of the universal is learning how to do the dance eloquently. And then part of it is just like doing the dance completely and fully. And so I know that there is a truth with, with collapse and then rebuilding. And I know part of that comes with a sense of, of like swallowing one's pride and ego. And so if that's true for the individual, and I think it will also make sense. It's true for the collective individual. There's certain individuals that recognize that when they're going through a collapse that, Oh, this is what a collapse looks like. And they can at least surrender to it. And then there's certain people who are going to fight it, but it doesn't matter. You're going to get there one way or the other. And all we can do is we're watching a controlled demolition. You know, we've seen other ones and it's like, what, how are you going to meet this collapse internally? And how are you going to meet this collapse externally? What are you going to do? How are you going to grow from it? Yeah. It becomes a, a difficult choice, but it is a choice that has to be made. And I, and again, I think that what you were talking about before, uh, as far as the collapse and then, and the rebuilding is, as I say it, the understanding of that human experience is that in these groups of elites or whatever you want to call them. I mean, there's people call them Illuminati people, you know, some say Jesuits, some say, well, you know, whoever you really think these elites are, but there is a group that does apparently kind of control the outcomes to an extent, but they also understand that breakdown, that breakdown and build up. And they usually do it in their benefit. And uh, I, I think we've, you know, never believed in MK ultra, but now they put out things that admitted it. And basically what that to me is saying that they understand how to break you down mentally and build you back up in their image. And it it literally only benefits them for the most part. But through time and time again, you can see in the military, even in cults that aren't really, you know, borderline cults, religions, it's all about the mental breakdown of who you think you are, your identity, everything else. And then filled and with these different beliefs and ideals that build them back up in in the image of what they're looking for you nailed it you nailed it you nailed the mo in terms of why they're doing it and then also like what how they're doing it so we live in an inversion culture 
An inversion culture is everything is designed to bring about destruction. That's how you can just go and look at anything that was created by the human hand. If its fundamental quality is like somehow out of alignment with a growth model, well, then it's inversion. And you can go and look at everything, computers, culture. It's all, so there's that. And what the inversion is, is it's utilizing truths on how reality works to bring about an inversion. And so that's what's happening. So you can look at the inversion and you can look at it with, with like just about with like a detached perspective and be like, Oh, this is their technique. Their technique is true. And so if I learn that technique, I can just right side up that. And how do I right side up that? Because I know that it is a life affirming or an expansive and expansive type of quality. That is the human nature. That is the true nature of being human is to be part of a society and to, to adhere to the principles of life and happiness and joy. That's what being human are. We have other parts with us. And so they can grow, but that is the true nature of being human. If you lived in an environment where you did not have any scarcity and you felt that like you were, you were grown with, with like, uh, maturity, but you never had a sense of scarcity, like I'm going to run out of food, money or whatever, then the human being would express themselves not in a way where they're like, you know, where everything becomes a horde or a parasitic mentality. And so that's why we know it's our true nature. So you're, you're right. We're, we're, we're seeing that right now. There is a level of humanity where that, um, the part of the elite and the elite raises the elite to be the sickest of the sickest. I mean, they bring about, they bring about just normal psychological experiences. Uh, and this, I mean, like, not in like, this is what they're doing behind the scenes. I'm talking about like, this is what they're doing in front of you. Like, if you're from an elite family, an elite work, an elite family that you're able to go and verify they exist in history books, um, you're probably going to go, and particularly if you're from like the, the, the Eastern establishment, you're going to like a boarding school, you're going to something like that. Like that shit is like rife with like, you know, there's abuse and rape and there's like all of this stuff. And you learn to like, uh, you know, uh, a stiff upper lip because all you want to do is learn how to cry and scream because you're a 14 year old kid getting the shit fucked out. You literally, and, and metaphorically, yeah. and what you're doing is you're cracking the psyche. At the same time this is happening, yeah. you're also being rewarded, and you're like, we're bringing you in on the fold so that one day when you are in control, we're all going to have these shared experiences. We're all psychologically cracked, and we all have no lack of humanity. Like, that's how it gets passed on. And then they also do it with all the magic stuff. And so well, I would... <laughs> I was going to just cut you off, but I was going to say... And that's kind of some topics that we'll go over, but you see it. I mean, and this is just the stuff that you see. The rituals have always been around, like the skull and crossbones. You see some of our major figures come out of those ritualistic societies, Bohemian Grove, all this stuff. They all do rituals and they all literally share the same experience of a rebuilding of some sort, but in a higher class and label themselves better than the rest of society and they're going to be the ones that control it there is yeah yeah there's there's definitely part of that i also think there is a group like what like let's say that for example 
this is this is how I understand reality. I could be totally nuts, but this is what makes the most amount of sense from my personal experiences, my personal research, my personal interactions. It's like um, we are in human form, and at some point, you can learn there are techniques about being in this body that you are able to transcend what we have been conditioned to believe and experience are the limitations of the human body. And what I mean, like quite literally, like aging or like needing food or needing anything. I think that there's a way, and like, again, it's the mushroom analogy. Like we've been kept in the dark for so long and fed so much shit, both literally uh, what has been put in the human body and then also like what's been put in the human mind that we're just disconnected. And, and so there's a point. And so let's say that is factual. You know, let's say that's factual. What I would suggest is when, when a being goes from like being in human form and they've learned these secrets that have been kept in these secret societies and they've mastered them. There's one thing to know it and there's another thing to master it. And when they master it or they reach such a level that they are no longer confined to the limitations of our physics that they have a different interaction with the human experience. And I think that's what like some of the mystery schools call the, uh, the, the ascended masters. You know, that's someone who's like goes in and out, but some of these, like there's go, if you were to go and figure that out tomorrow, what would you do for the remainder of the humanity, which is still looking at that fire or the shadows from the fire who aren't quite waking up? Like you probably would not do that to harm them. Like my guess is just by like what we're seeing from, from, from who and what you are as an individual, as a human is like, you know, either I'm not going to be involved at all because this is part of their experience or like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to throw them some softballs. I'm going to give them some hints. I mean, I'm going to lay some Easter eggs, if you will. And so I think that's, I think like, yeah, there's the dark families, but I also think like there are more people like you and me and like, you know, people who are of integrity in terms of this is a growth type experience. I think that there's a lot that's also being hidden as far as when you look back at, well, time in general, you know, alchemy was was frowned upon. They put it into religions not to practice dark magics. Don't look into your spiritual self. Um, the killing of the pineal gland, um, basically the, the killing of your spirituality in general. We just don't even understand the main concepts as far as our conscious, what we're capable of outside of the realm of the physical third dimension. And so, again, if you were to learn that tomorrow, like you said, what would you possibly be able to do? Now, as far as the other side of the, the coin, if you hide all that information and you keep all those secrets of tapping into that side of humanity, which we know is there. We just don't have a good grasp on it as far as the collective. What they're capable of, I don't think people understand. I just don't think that people understand it. I would, I would say this is what I agree with that completely. I would say the majority of the majority of people who are just going to say, I mean, this is a general rule of thumb. You've got like, 2% of the world, 2% of the population controls 98% of, of the population. And then you've got 3% of the, of the population that knows that the 2% is controlling all the 98%. And both of those factions are fighting over the 98%. You know, they're like, you know, there's, there's a little bit of that. There's, there, there's that going on. The so, ritual magic. I don't know if that was where you're headed, but I mean, I, I personally, I'm curious in that because I don't, know a lot about i you know the different signs and the 
indications that there's some kind of connection to a lot of this. It almost, it's like, um, they call it like the ether, you know, the energy around that. I don't think that some of it is purposely done in some of these rituals. I think it's a continuation of rituals that were done in the past that sometimes overlap and, and then become prevalent. Completely. Like, I mean, this is like, like, look at the human body. The human body is complex. On one level, it's very, very simple. Like, you could look at it as just like one unit and you're like, this is simple, but then you could break it down into all these different other like skeletal systems and like, you know, uh, uh, bo- uh, muscle systems and nervous systems and like psychology. And the same is true with like the greater. So it's like, it can be very, very complex and it can be very, very simple. But there is this like, there's this, this mechanism. I like what you said, this etheric, you know, that's why it's the ethernet. We're, we're tapping into this sort of thing and we are always in, in connection with it. And part of like what we learn, what we, when we come out of the dark is there is a recognition and it is, uh, there are all sorts of variables that affect how one relates to the the sort this this uh environment and some of its skills that can be learned and some is just like i think just natural being in your in whatever your unique human form or human experience would be but then there are other things as well about looking at the human body we know that we have these neural pathways in our head which we are just like what happens is there's a a neural pathway is a physiological correspondence to a set program expression of when some, when some event like triggers, like it's like there's like this pathway and like something happens and then I react this way and I'm triggered and then I go have a cigarette or I hear a word and I get really upset or anxious. Like PTSD is one of the greatest examples of like how a neural pathway works. But neural pathways are the way brains are meant to work. It's like you have experiences and then we create them. Um, some neural pathways help us. Some neural pathways, uh, they, they, they break us down. But regardless, they all work the same way. And the more they are entrenched within us, like the more gravity they have to pull us into a behavior. And they all work on this symbolic level. That's what a trigger is. Something that is symbolically the same as this other initial event, it like it pulls you in. And then you go and you do this behavior, even though they got nothing to do with nothing, but somehow you're pulled in. So when ritual magic is done really, really well, and this is what the state-sponsored ritual magic is, you've got competing factions maybe doing different things on this state um, level or on this like large-scale level is they're trying to lay these neural pathways um, on the macro level, what I'm calling etheric pathways. Same sort of thing. Like it's like I'm creating this – it's harder to wrap your mind around because it's bigger than us. It's easier to wrap our mind around what's smaller. So take that in consideration. If like, it's hard to really conceptualize, but how we know them is we can see the signatures and the signatures are going to be like coincidence and synchronicity and patterns. And we're going to see often secret societies and symbols of secret societies that mark it. 
And so that's the same thing with understanding neural pathways. How do I know that I've activated one? Because I've responded the same way before. And so we can begin to go and see these neural pathways as they are laid down, but we can also see the ones that have been laid down before because it is pulling us into the behaviors, into the lifestyle, which is what these, 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 um, rituals have been done. They are to reinforce a certain expression of life. And just like with our neural pathways inside, as we gain awareness of ourselves, as we move up in our like able to go and see what we're doing, as we do that on the collective, as we see what's happening, we can begin to have influence and are no longer as pulled into the unconscious behavior okay and so let me say i want to say two more things uh, which I, I was trying to get at so francis bacon this was a guy who was around 400 years ago uh i'm just going to use this as an analogy i don't know if we're in a simulation but if we are living in a simulation francis bacon was a major os upgrade like that's the name of the os upgrade it was called the francis bacon upgrade because everything in the last 400 years goes back to this guy all the all the mystery schools they all go back to this guy like it doesn't matter how all of culture goes back to this guy. However you look at it, they go back to this guy. And, and so this is everything from science to government to, 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 um, secret societies all goes back to him. And he had a, 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 a uh, modus operandi. He had a way about him, which was called hide and seek. And everything he did, he did with the purpose of hiding in the information which he's really trying to get across in plain sight. And he would say in his works when he would do like actual like fictional work, but then he would also write more philosophy and natural science. And he would say his code was, it is the divine's joy to hide the treasure and it is the king's joy to find the treasure so it's this divine game of hide and seek where it's meant to be fun and so i i think that's part of how this this system is is set up hidden within everything either consciously or unconsciously are all the clues and based upon the nature of the people and the organizations which are involved with it, you're going to know if it's going to be destructive in nature or anti-life or pro-life. But the, but the higher essence is all of the stuff which is anti-life, all of the stuff which is destructive in nature is ultimately a flip of the truth. And so it's still part of the truth. That being said, what we got has, has, uh, it's called COVID-19. 19 years earlier from 2020 was 2001. We had 19 hijackers that was said to have brought it in. 19's the magic number. So it's like, this is kind of the level in which it works. 19 in itself has many, 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 many different meanings. So like when we talk about like the individual who is in line to go on the, on the roller coaster, when you go down the research path and be like, shoot, you know, 19 is a big number. What is 19 about? You can go and find a whole bunch of stuff. 
which is going to say like 19 is this and this is dark or 19 is this and 19 is awesome. All I'm saying is you're choosing your path. So choose wisely or remain in uncertainty. You know, I go back and I just look at the numbers, like numbers, pure and objective. And it's like whatever 19 is, is like that's what is being tapped into. However you want to define that. But 19 is a significant underlier, the same control mechanism which introduced the world 9-11. So however you want to define 9-11 as being the, 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 the bringer of the next version of reality, like the, this is the same, you know, to, to whatever degree, this is done by the same people. But then also think of like who you were before 9-11. Think about your awareness of life. I mean, I guess you got to be of a certain age. You know, you got to be at least, ideally, I, 9-11 hit me when I turned 30. So right on my Saturn return. Um, if you were like six or seven, you can't really do this exercise. But if you're old enough where you can think of what your life was like before 9-11 and after 9-11, you know you've changed. And so it's like, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. So it's like, we're going through that again. And we can spend, and this all goes back to Francis Bacon. You know, that's what we, we keep on wanting to go back to. These guys were, were, were state magicians. Francis Bacon followed, uh, was in the next in line. He was, he was the master, he was the grandmaster of the Rosicrucians. He was behind all of the U.S. colony system. He was behind the British Empire. He's behind globalism. He's behind social, uh, behind, um, uh, the scientific method. So all applied science, all technology go, can, can go back to him. He was in charge of, of, um, the English language and the works of Shakespeare. So it's like popular culture. Like all of this goes through this individual and this guy, his initiality, like as this unfolded, and this also overlaps perfectly with, with the, the, um, the Mayan calendar. I mean, when you go and you see the dates of these individuals, it's like, this is all also in alignment with like the heavens, whatever the stars are, like, like astrology is told in a Sumerian myth, uh, in a Sumerian lens. There's a truth to that, but there's a level deeper than that, which is it's still the location of the heavenly bodies, like whether it's done Sumerian or not. So all of this stuff is done, whether it's Mayan or whether what we're seeing right now, there is an element of how this is tied to what's happening in the heavens. That's being orchestrated. Well, I was going to say that actually reminds me of uh, a topic, which if you look into all of our space program stuff, everything, all the different, the moon landings were all named after certain things in astrology. And then you go into all the different programs that they name after all this stuff. It all kind of ties together in little hints in which there's a bigger understanding that we're, that the average person is missing. Uh, you're at, so it goes back to that analogy, which we made a little bit, uh, earlier, where I was like, you could look at the human body very, very simplistically, simplistically, like, you know, it's just one human body, or you could go and slice and, and dice it into a billion different ways. And there are like, there are pros and cons from both perspectives, but where the real benefit is to be able to do both. So from the most basic level, like being able to recognize that my personal life, when I say my, I'm talking about like each individual that's out there is connected to something that's bigger than me. And that's the stars. Like I don't, 
it doesn't matter what you have been told. If you've been on earth, like whether you believe you live on the back of a turtle, whether you think you live on a globe, whether you live, you think you live on a flat earth, it doesn't matter. Everyone looks up and they see the same like dark background with white spots out there. You know, that's, that's subjective. And so when you line up what you do with your actual life with something that's bigger, doesn't matter like what your story is, like how they connect, just to knowing that they do. And it's like, you know, the su- it gets light out, that's when I get up. And when it gets dark out, that's when I go to bed. Like you just recognize there's a connection. I'm not saying that's what people do. I'm just saying recognize that life is in harmony with the greater life. This is what all of the rituals do is they recognize that there is a larger mechanism. And by being in, in, in alignment with that mechanism, I'm lining everything up. And that is a truth. And so that's part of what we get to recognize that's been taken from us. You know, everything. That, I believe that, that it has been taken because if you, even if you go back to our episode on pyramids, I mean, those pyramids were in line with Orion's belt. It just, it happens all through history and there's a more, well, it can be sinister or not, but there's a, there's a bigger understanding that we're missing because it's happened all through our time that they've lined things up with certain dates, times and, and stars and the bigger picture that, I mean, Time doesn't matter. Timing is everything. That's what matters from there. And there's a universal truth. So like part of looking at the ritualistic aspect, I mean, I suppose it's, it's easy to fall into the trap where you're like, uh, uh, this is bad and dark because the guys who are doing it are like, you know, they're destructive and parasitic. And there's a truth to that. But that, and so, and saying like, I don't want to participate in anything which they are involved with. But there's another truth is one of the reasons why this, they are effective is because they understand universal law, which is like, this is how this reality works. And the reality works is by lining up what you want to do with something greater and then with, with an awareness of what you're doing. So tie that back into being human, like know thyself. All that means is like everything is in your own backyard. Like it is a, it is a um, unrealistic expectation to place upon anyone's shoulders that they need to solve what's going on in the world. That is that is like that's part of the bullshit which is out there. The only thing that's true is how do I solve what's in my own backyard? How do I solve what's happening in my own head, in my own inner world, and how I relate with the outer world? And that we all have control over. And how we do that is by looking at ourselves from a higher and higher level. Like, what am I getting caught into unconsciously? And just by doing that, things fix themselves. And we have to also do that with, with you know, that's the universal truth. And we can see that by looking at the events around us and then also tying in, like, these truths into our own experience. Like, right now, the game is being rewritten. I agree. It definitely, it definitely becomes apparent that we're going through a change. The number sequence for whoever has an understanding that is kind of manipulating this reality. And I time stamped on January 1st, a prediction that this was going to be a significant year because of the 2020 
And again, I didn't even really think about the different connections to 19, but the their dates and times all have a significant play in, in the unfolding of our reality. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, let's go back to the Francis Bacon thing. So like, how does this actually happen? So within the human, within the human mind, within the human neural pathways, uh, one of the most powerful, specific conscious ways of placing deep, deep neural pathways within our, um, within our psyche is known as like hypnosis. You know, what you want to do is you want the hypnosis is just building neural pathways. And one of the most powerful things in hypnosis. So therefore, one of the most powerful things within, um, within building neural pathways, which then will become one of the most powerful things in understanding the building of etheric pathways is what's known as the anchor. So what you want to do is anchor something like, like you have a vision right now in your mind of like a neural pathway. Like you're thinking maybe of like, you know, all of these neurons in your head and like synopses and a connection, but you're thinking of it physical, but it's really just like a, um, it's an abstract. It's, you, you can't see it. You don't really know what that is. And so kind of the same thing is true with these etheric pathways. Um, but we need something physical and something to really ground it upon. And, we can look upon the earth, the earth, like whatever the earth may be, we're standing upon it. It's the biz- the biggest physical thing. And, um, we know by, by, by history that rivers play a very, very significant role to the human experience. We know that by the, from, uh, many, many different ways of looking at rivers, um, both in terms of just like practical way, but then also like mythological and spiritual way, what a river meant to other cultures and how they related to, let's say the, um, to the, the, the spiritual realm, the invisible realm. Um, and that was, that was universal. We've been so conditioned through a scientific perspective that it's hard for us to even get out of our head that like, you know, the river, a river is more than just a, a physical material thing. But let's just be realize that that's a, a blind spot within us um, and that we can play around with and just be open to like a river being more significant. And I'm going to say like a river is like if we look at the human body, like rivers represent um, on this physical thing, which we're living on and living in, like one of these major ways in which water obviously is shared. So it's one of these major like um, parts of the brain or, ma- or major arteries within the, the body. Like it's something big. And so within, ri- within the human body, not all of these, these physical, um, uh, uh, vehicles in order to exchange fluids are equal. Like, you know, some are more significant than others. And so I'm going to suggest the same is true within the physical, within the physical environment, which we live in. And going back to the mushroom analogy, you know, we've been kept in the dark and we've been fed a lot of shit. And so we kind of like, you know, this is probably ringing true. Like you're like, okay, that kind of makes sense. And yeah, 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 I get that. And like initially we're going to start thinking of like, um, we're going to think about like, you know, the brand name rivers. Those are the big rivers, which we want to care about. And there's a truth to that. They're, they're significant, but the the truth of the matter is what's really significant is the deepest, more hidden rivers. And we're going to know them by maybe some of the less obvious reasons on why they're significant. 
And so what I'm going to suggest is quite possibly the most significant physical river as an anchor onto the physical plane is this river called the Susquehanna River. And we know this first and foremost, or most rationally, by its geological um, uh, uh, uniqueness. And so most people, if you don't live like in New York State or Pennsylvania, you probably have never even heard of this river before. But it's it's we it's quite possibly it's always it's listed as one of the five old five rivers which are have been flowing for longer than three hundred million years, making it one of the oldest, if not the oldest continuously run water system on the planet. So I don't know what that means, but we know like the oldest always holds influence on everything that comes after it. The oldest part of the psyche, the oldest part of the brain like holds influence on the newer part. The reptilian holds more influence on the, on the, the neocortex and so forth. And so that's significant. And then we also see like these other markers that, that this river has great significance from the Chesapeake Bay, which is part of it to Herkimer diamonds, which are these very, very unique and, and different than other types of quartz crystals found anywhere on the planet or right at the source. And we can also see like things from like craters that are located upon it and the size of them, that there's some very, very unique qualities to this physical river. And then we can go back and look that the same secret societies have connected world first events upon this river. And that includes the birth of the British Empire and, and the birth of, of the United States, um, the colony of Jamestown. Most, the most people think of like the birth of the colony system is the pilgrims up in, in, um, in, uh, Massachusetts, but that's not the case. You know, the, the real first, and, they, and both of those, those settlements were run by the same for profit corporation, which, which Francis Bacon was the, the more or less the, the chairman of the board of these organizations. But, but Jamestown in Virginia at the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay, you know, that happened 13 years earlier than the, the, um, than the, uh, uh, the establishment of, of Plymouth Rock up in Massachusetts. This connects to, to John D. My sense is like the lost colony of Roanoke was probably a, a, a ritualistic sacrifice. But then we move up this river, Chesapeake Bay, remember the same river, we've got the first computer, the very, very birthplace of the military, industrial, technological industry. The first computer takes place right there at Aberdeen Proving Grounds, and that computer is called ENIAC, E-N-I-A-C. This is invented by John von Neumann, John the New Man. You know, this is the first computer. This is the, we've got all the historical markers. Go and check it up. And it sounds very similar to Enoch, you know, Enochian magic, which connects to John D. John D was the visionary of the British Empire. He was the, the original 007. He was the guy behind all these secret societies and secrets, uh, secret services, CIA, OSS, MI6, those state level, um, espionage connects straight to John D who is both a, a magician and the the first 007 you know magic and espionage have always gone 
gone hand in hand. And the first computer now, which we know connects directly to all of our, our, our state sponsored organizations, you know, the first one is there. And then we go up a little bit further on this river where the, where the main branches meet and you get this like Y shape. And this is the first place where three wired electrical distribution occurred. Thomas Edison's first wired power plant and building which was able to accept electricity based upon a positive, a negative, and a neutral. Left-hand path, right-hand path, middle path. You know, this guy's a major theosophist. Um, this is happening at the Y where this river comes together, and this is the world's first for that. All of this is anchored and grounded into the oldest river. This is how you create these etheric pathways. And these etheric pathways, they connect into the minds of men by however this like subconscious etheric sort of like plane works. And there's this, this like unconscious flow, which just brings people into living their lives in a certain way, which are just linked into these, these these original events, which are expressions of the age of Aquarius. They're, in my opinion, very, very destructive expression, but the age of Aquarius is said to be, whether this is true or not, this is what the people who control your world, this is what they say it's about. They say it's about the human family, like everyone coming together and recognize we're all one part of the same human family. And guess what? Globalism fits that. It's an ugly, destructive expression of it, but it's part of it. And so is innovation. Innovation is Aquarius. And computer technology, particularly the type of computer technology which we do, which is based upon raping the earth of rare materials, slave labor, like all this sort of like mind control, all this sort of stuff. Like you can do beautiful stuff over the internet. We're doing great stuff over it right now, but it is fundamentally based upon killing people and the, and the military industrial complex and raping the earth. So I believe that there is a true higher reflection of what we can do with computers but nonetheless computers are innovation and that is a truth of the aquarian or ideals and then the last big one is is electricity specifically lightning that is very much part of the the aquarian motif and when we see the three wire distribution of electricity, we have to keep in mind, like all the stuff like Tesla was working with, and Tesla wasn't the only guy who was working with, like, with, with, with scalar type of distribution of, of electricity where there would not be wires, but we would have access to, to this like electrical force to, to, to innovate. Like this is just one expression of it. Each of these globalism, computer technology, and three wired and three wired distribution of electricity. These are all Aquarian type of expressions of something which is going to be, um, expressed Aquarian principles at this time in humanity. That's what all this breakdown is. But these are anchored into our consciousness on the higher level of this particular way of expression. And this is how it was done. And this, there's also curses tied to this river as well. But that's when we're talking about state level magic and we just, 
barely scratched the surface. What I gave for you is an overview, a high, 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 high level overview of how something like this is done over a long period of time, which then human beings live their entire lives and they are fueling this just as like people who are always fueling their neural pathways. And every time we fuel a neural pathway, it gets stronger and stronger. And the next time we're triggered by it, its pull is stronger and stronger. And this is part of the anchoring. And this is like kind of like what we're waking up to. Would you say that, um, cause I always had a question about this, but would you say Philadelphia plays a part in that as well? Because I've heard a lot of things as far as, you know, Benjamin Franklin and then the signing of Declaration of Independence and you have the Philadelphia experiment. And then there's a lot of other things that go into Philadelphia. I, I believe, uh, you had talked about Kobe Bryant went to high school there. So is that like probably one of those paths? Undoubtedly. So let's get outside of like, the thinking of like states and like cities, because these are just like frames of how we're going to understand kind of reality. So if you were to just look at like that part of the world, um, which is uh, the Northeast United States, and you're looking at it from a bird's eye perspective, you'd be able to see the Susquehanna River and how it goes into and forms the Chesapeake Bay. And right next to that is another river, which kind of which folk, which looks like that as well. And that is where we have the Delaware Bay and God, what are the rivers, um, which are there? I want to say it's the Delaware River, but this whole, this whole location is however physical reality works, like rivers and land upon rivers are very, very significant. And I'm, I'm going to go, um, I've, I haven't even talked about this. The research I've done on all of these rivers cross references to many, many different spiritual pursuits. And it points to what happened in this physical location also uh, ties to things in the very, very, very ancient, ancient past. And so my sense is um, Philadelphia is paralleled and Philadelphia on a waterway and on a latitudinal way is paralleled to this Susquehanna mystery. And I would say they are undoubtedly connected. Um, I would look at it even more so like the Philadelphia is more on the, um, is more on the surface level. Like everyone can see that. And this is more hidden. So the more hidden is, is like kind of like, um, that's what the tabernacle was. So the tabernacle was, was like the, the, the Israelites were, were moving around in the, in the, in the wilderness with the, with the Ark of the Covenant, whatever this was, like this is part of our mythology. And every time they would set up their camp, they would set up like the same sort of structure to protect the Ark of the Covenant. This was known as the tabernacle. The tabernacle had like this, like immediate protection around the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, and that was known as like the Holy of the Holies and the inner sanctuary. And then there was another one which was built around that. And that was like the outer sanctuary. Obviously, both of these are significant, like just to get into the outer sanctuary like that. You're like in rare air, if you will. And that's kind of how I see this Philadelphia. Um, uh, uh, actually, I'd say it goes from Philadelphia all the way to Gettysburg, which is probably another 20 miles west of where um of where it's on the 40th parallel that's where philadelphia is so if you follow directly on 40 degrees zero minutes zero seconds you're going to go straight through uh 
Columbia, Pennsylvania, which is where um, Francis Bacon, he identified on a map 400 years ago as being very significant. Doesn't tell you why, but he just says this location. It's possibly maybe like on, they talk about these ley lines and energy centers of the planet. You know, I obviously have Stonehenge that it crosses with these and the pyramids and all these other significant spots, but you see a ton of these major events that have altered our our reality uh, to what we believe and what really kind of sculpts the way we exist. It, to me, it's kind of, you know, like I say, my rule of three on coincidences. If there's more than three coincidences in any major event, it's a discussion that should be had because I, I see the same thing on these so-called energy lines. And maybe that's in that in that region that you just get all these major events that really depict how things play out. So I would say I def, the the simple answer is yes. But then I would also say the energy lines on Earth are like the human body. Like there are multiple, multiple, multiple different systems going on in the human body. And there are multiple types of energy systems. So like ley lines is one type. Uh, and, and there are, this is because this exists on a, on a level of reality, which we exist within. Um, we can't quite just like the the limitation of being with inside of something so this is we're inside of that but that being said like you know there is there are lots of systems and there are systems that can be man created so um that's part of like when we see the the like whether that be stonehenge stonehenge was probably selected for its location but then man has gone and influenced it by putting like anchors on it that's what the the pyramids of giza you know how they are anchoring in that orion energy like these are the anchors and so it's it's there a lot there's all of these different systems that are connecting in ways we don't quite grasp and so I think the best way is accepting like, okay, this is beyond my pay grade a little bit, but I know that they're connected and they have an influence. And just like what you're saying, how do I know that? Because I'm just seeing three big coincidences across like different spectrums that should not intersect. That's the higher dimensional. Like from our dimension, they're like, oh, that doesn't make sense. They have nothing to do with one another. But it's because there is something greater beyond our ability to see from from living within. Well, that's how they connect. And so we don't quite get it right now. But that's part of like the mystery of being human is like figuring out these ways. When I say that, like there are people and they learned this both through experience and teaching of like the limitations or the the higher workings of our environment like you can go and be more influential or maybe not so limited to the um the effects of being inside of the system and some of the system is is more authentic than other parts of the system right and and the thing is i i know that i kind of threw out the kobe bryant thing um, and a lot of people are going to be like, well, what's the connection there? So I, I kind of shouldn't, maybe shouldn't have did that so early. And I hope that, you know, we have you on if you want to talk about it now or if you want to wait for another time. But there is, I did hear you talk about a story, um, uh, on another platform about the Kobe Bryant connection with Philadelphia. And just so I'm clear on that, um, we, you might want to look that up somewhere else or we can kind of touch on that. But it is, it's actually, it's pretty bizarre. It's, so again, comes out of Philadelphia and like you just see all these connections with just one geographical location that's like it's just too weird it's just too weird that all this 
sprouts out of this uh, path. I, I, I totally agree with you. And it's like we and it's almost like this the way how I look at it. Like it's not weird. It's like the we're looking for the weird stuff because those are the clues as to how stuff of how like the nature of of our reality works. Um the Kobe Bryant one, I think that's actually really a really interesting story. So um I went I'm not gonna go into the details of that, but I went on and told the story of how Kobe Bryant uh, connected to this one part, you know, where he played high school ball, uh, this one part of uh, outside of Philadelphia. And that same part, um, some period of time earlier, I think it was 30 years, there was a very, very, very similar nationally recognized tragedy with a helicopter crash. And then I just went deep into all of that. And we saw that there was a strong connection with um with skull and bones the other helicopter crash had like five connections directly to skull and bones and so i'm assuming that there is there is an understanding of skull and bones and skull and bones mythology i don't want to get into that right now but definitely pause go take a look but the key thing in skull and bones was the number 322 on the skull and bones insignia you see 322 and i talked about that a lot in um, the story of the Kobe Bryant, because what I began to realize is that when I was talking about that 322 started like really, really strongly being reflected back to me in these very tangible, but also like um, very easy to um, demonstrate sort of ways. And the point of that at the time was like when you begin to have an awareness of these the whole Kobe Bryant talk was this here is an example of, of how an etheric pathway looks in real life. This is how they intersect. This is how it's done with magic. And then, and then one of the takeaways is when you begin to interact with life with this level of, of awareness, you start to being able, you're part of it too, and you're influencing it. So that's what that story was about. So now that was before any of this coronavirus stuff, this COVID. North America. This was still when it was in China. Uh, I think that was recorded like February 2nd, February 3rd. Since then, a couple of things that came out was, and I talked a whole lot about the name Kobe and about how the name Kobe beef ties into a very significant work within the Kabbalah and how Kabbalah is um, a really uh, a working of magic. That's what Kabbalah is all about. And we got into magic and magic ritual and why Kobe is the name of beef and sacrificial and all this sort of stuff. And then since then, um, I saw how, uh, there was, um, when you would put COVID into the translation on Google, uh, and I don't really, I just saw this in the peripheral of some video, so I couldn't verify, I didn't do this myself, but it was like COVID was either Hebrew or it was somehow it connected with, with the name Kobe. Like there was a similarity. So there was another hit with that and then that disappeared. So I'm like, all right, this is really interesting. And then I just heard someone else talking about this yesterday on some other show and they were saying how it's going to be very interesting that, that it looks like national law or a national quarantine national martial law is going to be issued on 322 on the skull and bones number and so now i'm looking at this and i'm like you know i'm witnessing i'm like this is this is kind of like how it comes to play and you're like okay you see the same players and to me that is just an indication of one who and what this is involved with and like you know obviously 
you're involved with it. I'm involved with it. If you're listening to it, your energy is involved with it because there are a lot of people who aren't, you know, consciously. And we're consciously beginning to recognize uh, these sort of indications. I would say the next step in terms of 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 being a um of being an aware sort of participant and that's what I'm going to say each person is if you're listening to this if you're if if you have this level of awareness is is guess what you're becoming an aware participant in in how this game is is being played on a higher level and how do you know a higher level is because you're getting these like three levels of coincidence like you're beginning to play with it and so um those those are very much i think the signs of where you want to go or not go for making your right next step yeah i've also um can't remember i can't remember actually if it was you that i heard talking about the vegas shooting and there was somebody that started seeing all these things start to line up before it happened and they had went out and i think it was an anonymous post but somebody was starting to pay attention to how these sequences and numbers line up and they kind of grasped it a week before it happened and then went out and anonymously posted, you know, to stay out of Vegas and whatever else. And, and it becomes, you know, are they a fortune teller or are they just paying attention? Because just like my very vague prediction on January 1st, which I timestamped just to have it, I'm not a genius, but I can see that when you start paying attention, sequences and numbers start to line up and you can get ahead of it. If you if you're watching for what's being played out, it's kind of it's strange because I'm not I'm not a genius by any means, but I knew that the significance of this year was going to was going to bring forth something. So I, I, what I'm going to disagree with you, I'm going to say you're a genius. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to say that part of what our part of what our uh, um of what our uh, uh, the system in which our mind and our understanding of, of what reality is, is that there is one thing which you're going to compare like whatever you got to like, oh, I should be able to see like this. I should be able to think like this. That's what a genius is. That's what's perfect sight. That's it's like what you have. No one else in the world has. And that's true for everyone. So I, I mean, that's part of what we need to recognize. Like, where is your genius? Only you know that or like where you're really good at the stuff that just comes natural. So number two is, um, fortune telling is paying attention. They're one and the same. You just were taught that they're, they're different. A fortune teller is someone who pays attention. There is a deeper intuition which will guide them to where to pay attention, but it comes from, like, I know what, like, you know why you made those statements. You made those statements because you paid attention to this, 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 and this. And that was before so many other people, but they didn't see it and you did. So that's part of what we're waking up to is like, this is a new art form of being able to nav have is in your your own backyard, in your own mind, your own understanding. And so you're going to have a feedback mechanism from, from the outer world. You know, it's right. You're lining up with the right people. You're at the right place at the right time. You're do, you know what to do. Obviously, we live in a, um, uh, you can't fall back, in my opinion, you can't fall back on to the logic that the system in place cares about you. Because yeah. if that were the case, like, they wouldn't be selling, like, the food they sell. They wouldn't, like, you know, alcohol and would not be, like, so, like, all of the, like, like the statistically, like, like, the dangers of our society are just totally overlooked for other reasons. And then, you know, that's just, and, and they're mad. I would say the, the food alone 
explain so, that. So we know we know that's not the hot button. So it's something right. else. It's like this is not like about the pit. They don't care. They don't care, right? I mean, I, so I think that's what people fall into is that they they don't want to believe that the people running the society or the government that overlooks them they don't want to believe that they don't care. They actually will stick to that. That no, our government wouldn't do that. Our government wouldn't do that. I'm like, what? What's ever led you to think that they wouldn't? Because I don't know. There's never been anything that says any different to me personally. You're absolutely right. You're 100 percent right. And it's like you know, it's Plato's cave, right? Do you know? You know what I mean by Pla- it's the people would rather kill you than have you tell them that you're just looking at shadows or on a. Um, that's what the, that's what the elite was saying back, you know, what was that? 3000 years ago. And so it's like this understanding of the human condition is is very 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 well established. And so you have to you to I mean this is my opinion. The, one you have to respect that fact of nature. And if you understand what the lesson is of Plato's cave analogy, and if you have experienced that in real life, where you've sat down with otherwise very intelligent people, and you're like, well, what about this? And they just can't see it. It's like, they can't see it. That is how it's designed. And, and so I, you have to I was respect gonna say, I, I, I think that it's um, a very good point that you make, because I think that they've done enough to understand the conscious and the manipulation of the human mind for so long that they know that they can get away with it on the mass level. And to some that see right through it, it's not enough to to really change their their outcome, because essentially that's what it is, is their outcome every time. It's and uh, Yeah. So it, it's, it is hard to see through it. And that's the thing is that I... I would have to say that's part of, of what everybody's, you know, staying woke or whatever else or keeping awake. And, and I, I would have to say that's the awakening is that it just becomes a little bit more clear from your perspective. And, and the only way that happens is, is paying attention, I guess. I mean, Th- as long it. as you wake up a little bit to see the things around you playing out and paying attention to your inner world. Yeah. You have to, this is the time you got to take care of yourself. You got to be like, and, not, and like, you got to look at everything. You got to know is what you're doing. Are you growing from it? But there is going to be part of us that are, is going to have to die too. So there has to be like, what am I letting, what am I letting internally die as well? Um, because we are undoubtedly, um, whether you ask for it or not, you know, we're going through a collective transformation and that's yes. what's happening. I would have to say that, and a lot of people talk about letting the ego die. And I don't see that. I think some people look at that as, you know, I have to let my uh, personal confidence go. And it's not, it's not the same. When they talk about letting the ego die, I see it as just letting that, that selfishness of just you go and, and grow to the fact that we can collectively start to understand what's happening in this world. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And, uh, I think that's a, a really nice way for us to wrap this up because I know that I've Absolutely. covered so much stuff. And if you yeah. are new, if you're new to, to, um, like listening to like how my mind works and all these different topics, that's going to leave your head spinning. And so I like that being a capstone. And, um, if this well received, if your listeners like this, let me, let me throw out a couple things. If your listeners like this, uh, then come back and we can go deeper into some of these details because I'd like to go deeper with it. And I really admire your very, very like pragmatic, yet at the same time, like very, very open perspective to being able to navigate what's going on. And I can go deep with that. Absolutely. Uh, 
we would love to have you back on the show. I, I, I mean, like I said, when I got your email back to come on, I was like, this is a guest that people are going to want to hear. I know that there's a lot of people that might not see the things that are unfolding as of right now, but they're starting to wake up and they want um, somebody else's point of view so they can start looking in the right places. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, if you want to throw out anything for people to come and actually yeah, visit sure. your website or whatever else, go ahead. Definitely. And I see my, my computer that I only got a little bit of power. So I got to go and, and squeeze this in. So, so I do this. Like, this is like, we all have our own unique approaches. And this is my approach. Like, this is how I see reality. And my favorite thing to do is to look at individuals and people. And so what I do is I call it the starboard session. I more or less, I look at someone's both like their, their natal chart, their connection with the heavens, but I will also do it by looking at their entire life trajectory and show how, um, how that uh, correlates. And so I'll, I'll create like a anywhere from a 90 minute to a two and a half hour analysis of like one's inner experience. What that's ultimately to do is to teach you what to look for and how to look for you, whether I'm right or wrong, it doesn't matter. It's like, this right. is how you should look. And if that is of interest to people, um, you can find that or you can order those on my website, SusquehannaAlchemy.com. These are the starboard ceremonies. I do them for the individual. That's, uh, I do it for the individual, um, and the, both their, uh, um, their natal chart, their connection with the heavens and their life. I call that starboard plus. But I also do that with relationships. You know, right now is a good time. Um, we're going to be at home, you know, me as well. Uh, yeah. so this is a good time to do stuff like that. If you're generally just interested in like hearing some more of this perspective, you could go to Instagram, Susquehanna Alchemy. I post a lot of stuff there, particularly go back throughout the history. There's some really good, um, spend some time looking at, at some of the posts. I go deep, particularly into Scranton PA. And I really, really recommend people looking into that. I've uh, recently been doing a lot of stuff on YouTube. You could go to Susquehanna Alchemy on YouTube. I've put out just some, uh, just presentations where I'm going into some interesting stuff. And I would, uh, if this is resonating with people, go deeper on that. You can learn more about the Susquehanna mystery there. Or uh, my, my, my top thing would be go to subscribe star and look for Susquehanna alchemy. And you could go and that's like a monthly thing. This is one of the ways which I support myself, uh, that in the starboard sessions. And that's where I put out information earlier. Um, I'm currently raffling off. I'm an artist. And so I make really cool stuff and I'm going to raffle off this amazing walking stick. Once I get to 50 subscribers, I just started doing that recently. And I think I'm at six, 16 right now. So I got a few to go, but only 50 people are going to be in the running for this. And the thing is badass. It's really, really, I make a good product. So, uh, those are all the places which people can find me. Uh, please do go and check him out. Um, I will have everything listed on the show below to where you can find him. So I definitely, if you, and I think this is a time again where it's a transformation and people that are putting in the work definitely support them so that you can be on the inside along with us. Thank you so much, Jake. And thank you for everyone who listened this long show. So I appreciate your attention the whole time. Thank you very much, Michael. All right, bro. Be safe. All right. You too.